This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And I am Sydney Lyerly. And she is Sydney Lyerly. And we uh-huh. are we are still <laughs> reading through Way of Kings. We by... haven't been reading it that long, Colin. This is only week three. We are on week three of Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. So if you haven't <laughs> bought that book, what are you doing? You should. It's a really good book. We've been enjoying it. Have you been listening without reading? That's a sin. Um, so this week, <laughs> Sydney is leading us. Uh, nah, you're leading us. What are you talking sorry, about? Sydney is starting us off by going to tell us what you need to read next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so next week is a little bit wonky. So we're reading chapter eleven, and then you're going to read interlude one, two, and three, and then you're going to read chapter twelve and thirteen. So a weird week, yeah. but the interludes are very short, and so it's, they just kind of get thrown in there in the middle of everything yeah. else. Um, also. This week, make sure you have 7 through 10 read. Once again, that is 7 through 10. If you haven't, feel free to pause and then come back once you have those read. and Get it done. Get it done. And now I will get right into it. Okay. Uh, the, my, the first chapter is chapter 7. It is titled Anything Reasonable. Uh, it is a Shalon chapter, so that's pretty fun. Yay, Shalon! Yay, Shalon! Uh, and the death rattle goes like this. They are aflame. They burn. They bring the darkness when they come. And so... All you can see that their skin is aflame. Burn, burn, burn. Collected on Pal Sheev, 1172, 21 seconds pre-death. Subject was a baker's apprentice. First off, can I talk about the difference in your voices? <laughs> you were like, all like, oh, death. And then all of a sudden you were like, and okay. <laughs> I feel like that's the way that's the way oh, that should be done. No, for sure. It yeah. just threw me for a second because I wasn't prepared for you to like just completely change your voice. Yeah. So, Shalon, if you don't remember what she's been up to, because why would you? Oh, one Sh- more thing. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, can I just say this death rattle is a little bit different than the other ones, because they talked about, like, storms a little bit in the other yeah. one, and this one's about fire. But also, it's the baker's apprentice that died, so I wonder if the bakery caught on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You can't tell me that's not a wrong thing to think, right? No, it's absolutely. It's absolutely possible. Exactly. Just It's wrong, but it's possible. Uh, um, spoiler much? <laughs> Uh, so we're going to hop in. Uh, if you don't remember, Shalon, last thing she did was she decided that she's going to uh, continue pursuing an apprenticeship with Yasna Kolin because Yasna told her no, but she needs to do it in order to steal herself a little, uh, a little, you know, magical device. Yeah. Um, so a she, soul caster. A soul caster of Fabriel. Yep. So she had to, she has to uh, try again, essentially, um, which is, uh, you know, not her primary set of skills i would say yeah is being is not being like obtrusive and persistent yeah that does not seem to be like what she is super into it yes she's very like kind of quiet and not she doesn't like um what's the word arguments she doesn't like confrontation there we go that was the word i was looking for she does not like it yeah so she um goes ahead and she well first it reveals she has a fake brother or like a broken soul caster uh, with her, like her father had a soul caster yes. that was found on him when he died. Yes. And he used it to make like diamond mines or yes. something like that. In order to keep their family afloat, he yes. was making fake diamond mines on his property using a soul caster. Yes. When they found, when he died, they found it. It was broken. They had it fixed, but it didn't work anymore. Yeah. So it's like really mega broken now. Yes. Um. 
And so uh, she has on her the broken but fake but real looking soul caster. Yes. Uh, and as she's pursuing Yasna, she walks through an area that has like a bunch of little like studying nooks essentially in the walls that go up like 12 stories and it's like yeah. a big room. One thing real quick. Yeah. I just want to say about the, the broken soul caster, their plan for the broken one is she's going to replace it with uh, Yasna's real one and then somehow figure out a way for her to like not make it obvious that she was the one who quote unquote broke it. Yeah. I just wanted to put that out there. That's true. Good, good, good point to note. Yep. Uh, so she enters, she enters the room with the studying thing. Uh, and is like odd because she's an artist lady and so anything beautiful gets her odd and yeah. all the people studying in all the different rooms have their own colored storm light orbs yes. and so like there's like rainbow lights lighting up all the different all the different rooms like upwards of 12 stories high yes. so she is she is kind of blown away uh, and she raises her, sa- raises her safe hand and waits for a master servant to come get her yes and um Basically, she asks to go. If she asks if she can go into the Palinium, which is where Yasna is. Yeah, the, it's the, like the, the library, library. Yeah, but it has like over seventy thousand texts. So it's like yes, it's a very very huge. Think yeah. like what's that one? Is it a university that has that one really huge library? Yeah, uh, I have is no it a idea. university? I don't know what you're talking about. To be honest, okay, never mind. Um, and sorry. Not 70,000, 700,000 books. Yes. I under-exaggerated, unfortunately. 70,000 would still be a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it's 700,000. Yes. Um, and basically, she is like, oh, let me go in there. And they said, you need a special little token to get in. And it costs 1,000 sapphire bromes to get in, which is extremely expensive. Oh, yeah. It's the, that's the most expensive rock and 1,000 of those. Um, yeah. And the reason it's, ex- it's so expensive is because the servant says the king's many hospitals require much upkeep upkeep uh, the only thing Carbranth has to sell are fish bells and information the first two are hardly unique to us but the third well the palinaeum has the finest collection of tomes and scrolls on roshar so essentially he this place is known for its hospitals but to get yeah. get that money they need to do other things like citywide initiatives yeah. i will say that is kind of cool that they Donate this money that they this crap ton of money they get from this library to bu- building and yeah. bettering their hospitals. Like it's a good thing that the money goes to. Absolutely. Not, I like it that it doesn't just go to the king. It goes to some like something important. Yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the king for that. That's a good setup. Yeah. Um. And so she goes. Okay. I can't go in there. Where do I wait for someone who is in there? And yeah. essentially, she convinces this guy to show her to uh, Yasna's private study. Yeah. Which seems like bad apprentice. Like bad. You shouldn't let a strange woman you don't know who it is into into your like most famous person study. Yeah, I agree with this statement. For worries of you know like assassination attempts, they don't seem too concerned to be honest. They yeah. like that doesn't seem to be a thing that they're even remotely worried about. They're just like, yeah, okay. If you're a light eyes, you do whatever you want. I guess assassination. I like, mean, yeah, that's that's true. Like they probably figure you know light eyes are good or whatever. That yeah. They're not gonna. Not gonna do something like I don't. I wonder if they would let a dark eyes they didn't know up there. Yeah, probably not. I doubt it. Yeah. Um, and it's made clear by the way. She once again thinks in this part. She as the servant was looking to see if Yasna had a uh place for her the study. Yeah. Reserved. Uh, Shalon considered just sprinting through the back rooms. Uh huh. Can I just say something? Yeah. That when we were talking about light eyes and dark eyes that I thought about Colton and I the other night. This was yesterday, I think. Yeah. We were with our friends and <laughs> Colton was jokingly like saying my lady and being silly 
And I said, that's uh, um, brightness to you. And then probably realized that Colin's a dark-eyed and I'm a light-eyed. Yeah. And I just thought, I thought that situation was funny. And for some reason, it just kind of popped into my my head when we were talking about it. And so I thought you all deserved to hear it. <laughs> um, also. So I'm making Colin call me brightness now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That will not happen. Um, also, we get some theory bait happening here. It says, I'll read it to you. Okay. Uh, she hated confrontation. During her uh-huh. youth, she felt like a piece of delicate crystalware, locked in a cabinet to be to, to be displayed but never touched. The only daughter, the last memory of Bright Lord Devar's beloved wife. It still felt felt odd to her that she had been the one to take charge after after the incident. After memories attacked her, Nambalat bruised, his coat torn, a long silvery sword in her hand, sharp enough to cut stone as if it was water. Uh-huh. Uh, and for some reason she refuses to acknowledge that fact that she was holding that. Yeah. She keeps, she thinks, no, no, not that. So apparently she has some memories she's pushing away. Yeah. Um, not, not great. And later, I don't remember exactly where it says, but later it also hints at, uh, 10 heartbeats. So it's the same kind of deal. It's, it's hinting at something that Shalon. Yeah. Um, and, uh, anyway, after she was, uh, she pushes that thought away. The uh, servant comes back and is like, yeah, she has a room. You want to come see it? And Shalon's like, sure thing, chicken wing. And, <laughs> uh, and Shalon gets taken up to to Yasna's little uh, alcove place. Um, and uh, Shalon is kind of like, what in the world am I doing? Like, what am yeah. I, what am I going to do when I get here? Honestly, that seems like a fair reaction. I would be like, what am I doing right now? If yeah. I were in her spot. Uh, and so she goes, she goes, I need to have a a good, a good plan because I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. So first I'm going to clear my mind. And so she starts drawing because she draws to clear her mind. I should just say that Yasna's not up there when she gets there. Yasna's in the, in the conclave. Yeah. She's coming back eventually. Yeah. This is like her reserved like study room. basically. Yes. Um, do you think she has the same one every time? I don't know. Yes. I'm going to say yes with confidence. Yes. Yes. She certainly definitely has the same one I feel like she every would. single time. I feel like she would. Like, but, I feel like there'd be one that's specifically reserved for her. This is like Yasna's. Yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe. Um, but as she's drawing, she first, she, um, I mean, I can't really think about, I can't find exactly. She draws three things. They end up being, she draws first Yalb, I believe. Uh, yes. Yeah. She, no. <laughs> no, she does. No, she oh, does. She, she does. City. Yeah, she draws the city first, and then does yeah. Yalb next. But it's also interesting. Cause they goes really into depth of how she like yeah. puts her memories out, and also her memory. Like, it's not just her. She had not that she just has really good memory. It's just she actually like when she writes it down, it kind of goes away and it's yeah. not in her head anymore, which is interesting. It's like she says it's like bottled up. She's like letting it out and onto the page. Yeah, and she's she's very good drawer. Describes it very well. She summons in her drawing several several creations, Bren. Which are uh, spread of when creation is happening, they appear. Yeah. Um, and they are uh, little glowing guys that transform into shapes of things around them, like constantly are changing shapes. Yeah. But moving in strange ways. And they describe like if a table was rotating like a wheel in a chair, but it's flipped upside down and the, yeah. and the legs move all over the place. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. So she's summoning creation spread because her, crea- her just like the energy of her creation is such that it is summoning the soul of creation. Yeah. Which is pretty neat. Yeah, it's pretty it's a pretty cool like description, I think, of her drawings and how much focus and intent. Like she literally loses herself in the yeah. drawing, which I think is really cool. And she thinks about uh just like uh also thinks about her past. Her dad 
she doesn't draw light, dark eyes very often because her dad didn't like that she would look at the dark eyed people. So she was banished from like yeah interacting with like the servants and the people. Yeah. Um, and she uh, yeah, basically. She also wasn't allowed to draw like people like in mm-hmm. general, like not even just dark eyes. She was allowed yeah. to draw like plants and stuff because yeah. her dad didn't like. Like she secretly would draw people, but her dad didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and then she takes out her third sheet and she's like. This is going to be the one. This is the, the the first two are warm up for this beautiful piece of art I'm about to make. Yeah. And the beautiful piece of art that she goes and gets is um, of Yasna Kolin right before the explosion happens. Uh-huh. And it, once again, crazy, uh, you know, she's very, very into this. Yeah. She is getting, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. She's getting very, very holy in her thoughts. She's getting very, very, like... Um, devoted and yes it's honestly a really cool read i i think i'd recommend if you haven't read read yeah. this section it is it is really cool there's just so much detail like it's all the entire this entire section is just detail of her drawing like yeah. there's no dialogue it's just her and her thoughts and her drawing which i think is it's just a really cool section to read i think like there's so much oh yeah so much detail and i imagine like actual artists who are really really good and get really devoted into their drawings would probably feel this exact way if you've ever been like in the zone for basically anything yeah. this 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 captures the in the zone feeling very well yes it reminds me of the movie soul the pixar movie soul where there's um that section where if yeah. you've seen it they they show like in whatever i don't remember what the whatever their world is with the the soul people and there's a section where they get so when people get so in foc- like focused, they go to this little extra place. I don't know what they're I don't remember what it's called. It's just in the zone is what they call it. Yeah, called, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anyway, back to the book. She finishes her Yasna drawing, holds it up and looks at it, and uses this drawing to fi- help her assess who is Yasna Colin. Yeah. What would she value that I do to in order to get her to take me back on? And so some of the things that she talks about is like, um uh she is uh, here's basically I'll tell you a thought a scientist must be willing to change her theories if experiments disprove them I hold to the hope that you t- this is her letter she's writing by the way yeah actually do you think I should just read the whole letter yeah just read the letter okay here's should I do a dramatic reading or just read it uh do a dramatic reading okay here it goes brightness Yasna Kalin you have rejected my petition I accept that yet as anyone trained in formal inquiry knows no supposition should be treated as axiomatic a scientist must be willing to change her theories if experiment disproves them. I hold to the hope that you treat decisions in a like manner as preliminary results pending further information. From our brief interaction, I can see that you appreciate tenacity. You complimented me on continuing to seek you out. Therefore, I presume that you will not find this letter a breach of good taste. Take it as proof of my ardor to be your ward and not as disdain for your expressed decision. You expect proof of my worthiness. I wish I could demonstrate that my schooling is more complete than our interview revealed. Unfortunately, I haven't the grounds for such an argument. I have weaknesses in my understanding. That is plain and not subject to reasonable dispute. But the lives of men and women are more than logical puzzles. The context of their experience is invaluable in making good decisions. My study in logic does not rise to your standards. But even I know that the rationalists have a rule. One cannot apply logic as an absolute where human beings are concerned. We are not beings of thought only. Therefore, the soul of my argument here is to give perspective on my ignorance, not by way of excuse, but of explanation. You express this pleasure that one such as I should be trained so inadequately. What of my stepmother? What of my tutors? Why was my education handled so poorly? The facts are embarrassing. I have had few tutors and virtually no education. 
My stepmother tried, but she had no education herself. It is a careful, guarded secret, but many of the rural Vaden houses ignore the proper training of their women. I had three different tutors when I was very young, but each left after a few months, citing my father's temper or rudeness as her reason. I was left to my own devices in education. I have learned what I could through reading, filling in the gaps by taking advantage of my own curious nature, but I will not be capable of matching knowledge with someone who has been given the benefit of a formal and expensive education. Why is this an argument that you should accept me? Because everything I have learned has come by way of great personal struggle. What others were handed, I had to hunt. I believe that because of this, my education, limited though it is, has extra worth and merit. I respect your decision, but I do ask you to reconsider. Which would you rather have? A ward who's able to repeat the correct answers because of an overpriced tutor drilled it into her, or a ward who has struggled and fought for everything she has learned? I assure you that one of those two will prize your teaching far more than the other. That's such a great argument. For sure. She, like, okay, I, I mean, we're in college. We are. We're paying for good education, and I we think are. I think we're getting a good education. Yes, sir. I think our professors are amazing. They all, most of them, have doctorates. Like yep. you know, they've all been to school a bajillion years. Like yep. you know, they know what they're doing. And I don't know that I could write an argument that good. Because part of it is like, <laughs> where are the people she's talking about? Yeah, we, you are. You are a hundred percent right. We are being fed the best education because we have the benefit of being able to have it. Yes. And the argument she's making is like really smart, and also really does come to the come to the. Uh, what she knows about Yasna is very well represented in this speech. Yes. Because her whole thing of like life is a fight. I mean, it was very well thought out. Very good job. Yes. Um, and it's also. Just, I just, I just very impressed like yeah. with the whole argument. It's very, she does a really good job. Um, yeah. I'm very impressed with it. She's like, what, our age? Uh, a little Probably. bit younger. I think a little, a little bit younger. younger than us. Yeah. Um, she also used a brush to do this, made a piece of art, essentially. Yeah. So very, very careful on making sure everything looks really beautiful yeah. in order to help sell her argument further. She used, like, her best handwriting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then well, she's looking at it, and then suddenly hears footsteps, and she's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, But it's not Yasna who walks in. A young man walked in who was an ardent. Um, he basically, he has narrow blue eyes, beard, that's trimmed short and square and a shaved head, like all Ardens. And yeah. um, this dude, okay, I'm his, not going to go into super deep detail. His, he name is, is, his name is Capsol. Capsol, <laughs> yep. He is he is uh, Capsol the Ardent, and Shalon treats him with ridiculous levels of high over-the-top respect. Can we do a dramatic reading here, please? I love them. Yes, of course. We'll do a dramatic <laughs> reading here. All right, here it goes. Ah, excuse me, Brightness. I thought this was the alcove of Yasna Kolin. It is, Shalon said. Oh, you're waiting for her too? Yes. Would you mind terribly if I waited with you? He had a faint Herdesian accent. Of course not, Ardent. She nodded her head in respect, then gathered up her things in haste, preparing the seat for him. I can't take your seat, Brightness. I'll fetch another for myself. She raised a hand in protest, but he had already retreated. He returned a few moments later, carrying a chair from another alcove. He was tall and lean, and she decided with slight discomfort, rather handsome. Her father had owned only three Ardents, all elderly men. They had traveled his lands and visited the villages, ministering to the people, helping them reach points in their glories and callings. She had their faces in her collection of portraits. The Ardent set down his chair. He hesitated before sitting, glancing at the table. My, my, he said in surprise. For a moment, Shalon thought he was reading her letter, and she felt an irrational surge of panic. The Ardent, however, was regarding the three drawings that lay at the head of the table, 
a waiting lacquer. You did these brightness, he said. Yes, Ardent, Shallan said, lowering her eyes. No need to be so formal, the Ardent said, leaning down and adjusting his spectacles as he studied her work. Please, I am Brother Capsule, or just Capsule. Really, it's fine. And you are? Shallan Devar. Buy Veldelev's golden keys, brightness, Brother Capsule said, seating himself. Did Yasna Kolin teach you the skill with the pencil? No, Ardent, she said, still standing. Still so formal, he said, smiling at her. Tell me, am I so intimidating as that? I have been brought up to show respect to Ardents. Well, I find myself that respect is like manure. Use it where it's needed, and growth will flourish. Spread it on too thick, and things start to smell. His eyes twinkled. Had an Ardent, a servant of the Almighty, just spoken of manure? An Ardent is representative of the Almighty himself, she said. To show you lack of respect would be to show it to the Almighty. I see. And this is how you would respond if the Almighty himself appeared to you here. All this formality and bowing? She hesitated. Well, no. And how would you react? I suspect with screams of pain, she said, letting her thoughts slip out too easily. As it is written that the Almighty's glory is such that any who look upon him would immediately be burned by ash. The ardent laughed at that. Wisely spoken indeed. Please, do sit, though. She did so, hesitant. You still appear conflicted, he said, holding up a portrait of Yasna. What must I do to put you at ease? Shall I step up on the desk here and do a jig? She blinked in surprise. No objection, Brother Capsule said. Well then, he set down the portrait and began to climb up on the chair. No, please, Shalon said, holding out her free hand. Are you certain? He glanced at the desk appraisingly. Yes, Shalon said. Imagining the ardent teetering and making him a step, then falling off the balcony and plunging dozens of feet to the ground below. Please, I promise not to respect you any longer. He chuckled, hopping down and seating himself. He leaned closer to her, as if conspiratorially. The table jig threat almost always works. I've only ever had to go through with it once, due to a lost bet against Brother Lanin. The master ardent of our monastery nearly keeled over in shock. Shalon found herself smiling. You're an ardent. You're forbidden to have possessions. What did you bet? Two deep breath of a winter rose's fragrance, said Brother Capsule, and the sunlight's warmth on your skin. He smiled. We can be rather creative at times. Years spent marinating in a monastery can do that to a man. Now, you're about to explain to me where you learned such skill with a pencil. Practice, Shalon said. I should suspect that is how everyone learns. Eventually. Wise words again. I'm beginning to wonder which of us is the ardent. But surely you had a master to teach you. Dandos the oil sworn. Ah, a true master of pencils if there ever was one. Now, not that I doubt your word brightness, but I am rather intrigued how Dandos Heraldin could have trained you in arts as, last I checked, he's suffering from a rather terminal and perpetual ailment, namely that of being dead for nearly 300 years. Shalon blushed. My father had a book of his instructions. You learned this, Katzel said, lifting up her drawing of Yasna. From a book? Er, yes? He looked back at the picture. I need to read more. <laughs> I just, okay, that was a long one. A long one, yeah. But it's just a very cute reaction. I'm a big fan of Brother Capsule. Big Capsule fan over here, Cindy <laughs> is. He's just so, I don't know, he just seems like a fun dude. Like, I just, I'm a fan. I think if I met him, I would want to be around him. 
He might bust into our top five, you think? Honestly, yeah, he might. Oh, I'm, man. A, I'm a fan of Brother Capsule, and that was the only reason I wanted to read that. Sorry you guys had to listen through that. No, <laughs> it was good. It was very painful for us to record. For some reason, we were struggling. Neither <laughs> of us knew how words worked, so during the recording, there were quite a few stumbles during that one. Now that you guys will hear that. Yeah, we'll get rid of that. <laughs> um, but we're moving on now. Uh and basically, she continues to chat with with uh, Brother Capsule for a while, uh, learning a bit about him. Like, um, basically, he's here to try and convert Yasna. Yeah. And she's like, wait, you're going to try? And he said, like, I mean, you've got to throw your hat into the ring. Yeah. If, if ima- he basically that is, imagine how cool it would be if I'm the one to convert Yasna Colin. Yeah. So you've got to try. Yeah. Which, I mean, seems like a strange thing. But he says, I'm going to leave now. Will you promise to tell Yasna I was here? And she says, okay. And then he asks, like, is there anything you want next time we meet? And uh, Shalon goes, jam. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry, jam? <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a fair reaction to have. Like, really out of every, I feel like she could have said just about anything. And she said, jam. Okay, Colin, if you were asked, what do you want? Or like, like, you know, Something that you really, really like and are fond of. Yeah. That's like a food. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking just food right now. Yeah. What would you say? Garlic potatoes. Garlic potatoes. Yep. Okay. But what were you expecting? You sounded so caught off guard. What did you think I was going to say? Not garlic potatoes. I, I am a huge fan of garlic potatoes. I would do terrible things <laughs> for some garlic potatoes on campus. <laughs> There are no good garlic potatoes on campus, and I love garlic potatoes. Okay, okay. How about you? Um, either mac and cheese, mac and cheese, or mashed potatoes with cheese and garlic just, and butter and Ugh. just bunch not mashed cheese, potato, not mashed potatoes, not mashed potatoes. Sorry, just baked potatoes, regular baked potatoes, like a loaded baked potato. Uh, yes, but nice. not sour cream. It just needs to be butter and cheese, and I would be fine with some bacon. Yeah, but lots and lots of cheese. I overload my potatoes in cheese. If you ever eat a mashed potato with not a mashed potato, I don't like you saying mashed potato. If you ever eat a baked potato with me. I put butter on it, a lot of butter, and then dump a bunch of shredded uh, cheddar on it, and then you know? eat it, and then dump more butter on it, and then dump more cheese on it to get the rest of it. I eat a, I love, I love baked potatoes. You know, it sounds very healthy. Um, it's not. And this chapter ends <laughs> after after that conversation. <laughs> this chapter ends with capsule leaves, then she's about to leave, and then uh, uh, Yasna walks in with a bunch of servants and looks mad out her mind. Yep. And that's the end of my chapter. Yep. My turn. Sydney's turn. We continue on the same story, so no need to talk about it. Yes. Hop um, right into it. My turn. Chapter eight. So it's called Nearer the Flame. And the little death rattle says, victory. We stand atop the mount. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed. You nailed it. You, that was great. <laughs> I'm not, okay. Let me try this again. I'm leaving this all in. This oh, thing. gosh. Okay. Um, victory. We stand atop the mount. We scatter them before us. Their homes become our dens. Their lands are now our farms. And they shall burn as we once did, in a place that is hollow and forlorn. Collected on the Ishanan, 1172. Excuse me, this is my chapter. seconds pre-death. Subject with the light-eyed spinster in the eighth dawn. That was my chapter. How rude of you. Sorry. Continue. Okay. By the way, a couple weeks ago, I said something that was kind of wrong. Non is for dark-eyed people. Dawn is for light-eyed people. So okay. being closer to the first non is the highest you can be for a dark-eyed. Uh-huh. And then the first non... Sorry, first dawn, highest for light eyes. First non, highest for dark eyes. Okay. Just so you know. Okay. Yep. Get Thank in you. Here. Okay. Um, 
So Shalon is like kind of freaking out because Yasna is staring at her and she's just like angry. She's like, you are here. Why are you here? Like, get out. And they did warn her that someone was in her alcove. So we said earlier that they didn't seem to be a lot of security, but they did tell her that someone was there. So if you're going to be an assassin, don't sneak up. Like if you're going to sneak up to her thing, not don't tell someone you're going there. Yeah. Okay. Good call. Um, yeah, good call. Yeah, just just some assassin <laughs> advice here. So you are here, she says. Yes. Um, and uh, Shalon's kind of like trying to talk, and Yasna's like, "Get out!" She literally is like, "You will withdraw, Miss Devar, and I will not see you again during my time here." Am I understood? That's how I imagine her saying it. Yeah, she's a she's a mean old teacher lady. Yeah, she she's angry, and, and Shalon, she's hot. My gosh, <laughs> you are ridiculous. Shalon says so. <sighs> Okay, anyways, moving on. Um, Shalon says, I'm sorry, and then literally, like, runs out of the room and is, like, in tears almost, and she goes and, like, instead of being shuttled down to, like, the back to the floor, the bottom floor, yeah, she sits down, wraps her, like, you know, arms around her. Like, she puts her, like, knees up, puts her her head in her, between her knees, and then wraps her arms around her head, and that, like, I'm really sad, like, she's gonna cry, and she's, like, yeah. you know... Saying she's foolish, like she's ruined, you know, she she's ruined this whole plan, like she's does not see it. And she's kind of like, you know, like just not it's just not not she's not feeling great. And as she's sitting there, she hears someone say brightness devar, and she looks up and um there's a, a master well, he's not a master servant a servant, yet, but yeah. she thinks he might be one in training. And uh he's like Brightness Colin wants to speak with you, and she's like, oh, great. She, what's she going to do now? Like, get mad at me further? And she goes in, and Yasna is sitting in the chair Shalon had been using, and she's, like, kind of rubbing at her her head, her forehead with her free hand. Uh, yeah. she's, she looks pretty stressed. Um, and when Shalon walks in, she turns around and says, she says, I should not have treated you with such anger, Miss Devar. You were simply showing persistence, a trait I normally encourage. Yep. And so she's she's gathered herself kind of. Yes, yeah, she's kind of calmed down and she she's being like, you know, nicer to Shalon and Shalon feels really uncomfortable in this situation. She just Oh, of course. She doesn't know what to say. She's, you know, just yeah. kind of feeling a little out of it. And she she's not sure whether she should stay or whether she should go. Like should she doesn't, I she stay doesn't or should I go? Good job. Thank you. Um <laughs> but <laughs> Yasna <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yasna is just kind of uh talking to herself about how like she says, I know what people say of me. I should hope that I am not as harsh as some say, yep. though a woman could have far worse than a reputation for sternness. It can serve one well. And she's kind of just having this conversation with herself and Shalon's not really sure what to say. Um and then uh Yasna kind of randomly points to so Shalon, we didn't mention this earlier, but Shalon, mm-hmm. when she got into the room, there's a little goblet bowl, and she put her money in there to light yeah. it up so she had some light, yeah. and forgot about it when she left. Right. And Yasna points it out and is like, you want this back? Want your money? And Shalon is like, oh my gosh. And she's like, I can't believe I forgot this. And then she mentions Brother uh, Casbol about- Capsule. Yeah. Capsule, not Casbol. Hello, my name. Hello, my name is Brother Cabsball. <laughs> um, yeah, but she she tells. Uh, I say that as if it's as if it would be like bizarre to have a fantasy character named Casbol. That seems <laughs> yeah. pretty. That seems pretty possible, oh, honestly. Yeah. But she she tells uh, Yasna about uh, the artist who wants to see her, and Yasna's like, "Well, I'm not really surprised." And Yasna's like, "You seem surprised that your 
money was still here. Did you forget? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I did. And then she says, what did you think of my letter? And Yasna hasn't seen the letter because it's underneath a stack of books. Yeah. That um, the servant must like put the books on top, not realizing there was the letter there. Yeah. And you just got a letter. You, you just, just got, got a letter. letter. You, you just, just got, got a letter. letter. I wonder who it's from, Shalon. Loved Blue's Clues as a kid. Yes, I did too. Sorry, I distracted you. Get back. Okay. Um, so Yasna opens it and Shalon gets to watch Yasna read it, which if Awkward. you've ever, ever yes, if you've ever written a letter to somebody else, watching them read it in front of you is like one of the most uncomfortable things. Oh, it's things. torture. It's, it's awful. torture. It's horrible. But um so Yasna reads it. She looks at Shalon and says, is this true? You are self-trained. And y- or Shalon's like, yes. And basically Yasna's like, that's really remarkable. Yeah. And she basically just compliments uh, Shalon about how clever this was. Yeah. Um, she says, you correctly assumed that I would respond to a written plea. This shows me your skill with words and the rhetoric of the letter gives proof that you can think logically and make a good argument. Right. And Shalon is kind of feeling hope again because she's being... Um, Complimented. Yeah, she's being complimented by Yasna, who just seconds before was like screaming at her. Get and, out of my sight. Yes, literally. And uh, but uh, Yasna's like, you should have just left the note and then withdrawn before I got here. And Shalon's like, well, you wouldn't have seen it. It would have been underneath the the books, and you might have lost it. Good thought. And Yasna's like, mm, okay, like she doesn't like that she's being corrected. Um, but I mean, she, but she's, it's true. Yes. Uh, but this is what she says. She says, the context of a, li- a person's life is important. Your circumstances do not excuse your lack of education in history and philosophy, but leniency is in order. Right. I will allow you to petition me again at a later date, a privilege I have never given any aspiring ward. Right. Once you have a sufficient groundwork in those two subjects, come to me again. If you have improved suitably, I will accept you. So basically, she's got a, essentially she thinks about if any other person had gotten that, that would have been a huge win from Yasna Kolin. Yes. Because of the idea of, She's all but said yes. Yes. But for Shalon. Yes, but Shalon doesn't have time yeah. to go and learn all this stuff she needs to learn before she comes back because she needs to get this done now. Like, she's already taken too much yeah. time just trying to find Yasna. Yeah. Um. But yes, uh, Shalon obviously doesn't say that. She says thank you and then kind of leaves. And she is not really sure what to do now. Uh. She she walks around. She runs into Yalb, who she's shocked that's still there. Yeah. And we find out that Yalb has been playing um, a game with, like, a betting game with um, some officers. And he's been cheating the officers. Well, he doesn't say that to them, though. Well, no. But he does tell Shalon that he's been cheating. And Shalon is kind of, like, not happy about it. And she's yeah. like, you can't do that. And he's like, well, I'm a I sailor. Can, I can do it. Yeah, I'm a sailor. I can do um, what I want, sucker. Yeah. Uh, and... So, uh, Yelp asks about how the meeting went, like yeah. what happened. And basically she's like, well, uh, I, you know, I, I failed. Like she's like, yeah. I don't, I, you know, didn't succeed. It's just, it's not going to work. Like she's kind of in like a not great headspace kind of, mm-hmm. um, and Yelp is really sweet here. He just basically compliments her about how, wrong Yasna is to not take her how she uh, Shalon's perfect and how she's done all this and basically Yalb's like that's it you're going to give up like you can't give up and then Shalon realizes that like you know well she says Shalon says I did try to persuade her I went to her a second time and she rejected me again two times eh in cards you always have to try a third hand says uh says Yalb yeah 
Um, and Shalon thinks Sorry, about that. I just have been silent for so long, but I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to jump in and say something. No, it's good. Uh, but Shalon thinks about that and is like, well, maybe it'd be worth trying a third time. Um, yeah. And she's like, well, it probably wouldn't work. Uh, Yasna's already said that I'm not educated enough. And then Shalon gets this idea. And um, basically, yeah. she's like, I have no other choice. Like, I can't. I need to try every single avenue for my brothers, for my family. Right. That way, like, even if I do fail, at least I tried. Right. And so basically her plan is she needs to find a book merchant. So she sends Yalb off and Yalb goes to to find a book merchant that um, is open because a lot of the stores stay open really late because at this point it's pretty late at night. Um, and so basically Yalb uh, goes out and finds a book merchant. He comes back and gets Shalon and they head off and uh, they come to like a little like area with a couple different shops that are lit by Stormlight. Um, they go in. Uh, y'all doesn't follow. Yeah. He kind of stays outside, but Shalon goes in because men don't here in this don't read yeah. for the most part, and so they're kind of uncomfortable around books. So a lot of them would stay outside while the woman would go inside. Correct, Amanda. Um, but so Shalon goes inside, and inside there's a woman like standing behind the counter, and then there's a merchant whose name I don't remember right Art now. Art Marin. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's, it's Art Marin. Yeah. Art Mern. Yes. Art Mern. Okay, here's what. Uh, Sydney, officially, for our podcast, we're calling this sucker Art Mern. Art Mern. Okay. Art Myron. Art Myron. Art Myron? Art Mern. Art Mern. I like Art Mern. Guys, better. we're doing Art Mern. Art <laughs> It sounds like Heartburn. Yeah, a little bit like Heart. So if, you, if you're if you wondering how to say his name, say Heartburn and then take away the H. <laughs> Art Mern. Art Mern. Um, so yeah, she goes in and uh, the woman like says, you know, tells her to sit. Uh, the woman's also, they're both Thalen. So they're husband and wife and yeah. they're Thalen. Just Thalen. Saying. Um. Eyebrow people. But yeah, so she she goes and gets her husband. Her husband comes in and he says, uh, he says, dear young woman, are you in the market for a nice novel? Some leisure reading to pass the cruel hours while you are separated from a lost love or perhaps a book on geography with details of exotic locations. And she's like, no, I actually need um, I need extensive books on history and three on philosophy. And she names some of the people that Yasna had mentioned um, yeah. that she should know yeah. when they originally talked. And the man's like, mm, why do you need to read all that? Yeah, like, you're just a girl. Don't you want a love story, you yeah, little girl? Yes. He's basically trying to get her to read a romantic novels, and she's like, mm, no. And then she plays with him for a minute. Yes. Yeah, they just have like a very interesting reaction, and Shalon's low-key kind of mean. Well, yeah, because he's being condescending, oh, and Shalon's not about that. Oh, he is also being condescending, yes. Uh, but it's it's an interesting little, little reaction, and uh, she kind of puts the man in his place. Like, yeah. he kind of does deserve it. It's a little mean, but... He does kind of deserve it. Yep. Um, for sure. But she she kind of puts him in his place, and she's being sarcastic, and eventually he just gets to the point where I'll go, I'll go find what you need. Yeah. And he leaves, and he comes back, and he comes back with uh, two different uh, history books, mm-hmm. um, and uh, one of them is, like, pretty little, like, it's like a shell option, and the other one is, like, a thicker, like, four-set volume of books, right? Um, yeah. So she she takes that one, and we actually find out it says it's about the five Voran kingdoms, and Shalon's like there are five. Yeah. I thought there were only four. There are four. Um, but you know we kind of find out there's five, and she so she takes those uh these volumes of books, and then he comes back with a few of the philosophical works she needs. Uh, some of them are like yeah. there's a couple of names that he didn't have. Uh. But there are some of other ones. Uh, they also do have a single book from one of the the Shin philosopher, yep. which neither he also didn't realize that like 
Shin did Shin that. Had, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. And so she takes she takes those three, like three books along with the history books that yeah. she needs. Um, she takes those and he, the merchant says, for buying so many, I will give you a fair discount. Let us say 10 emerald bromes, which is really expensive. An absurd price. Yes. And Shalon's like, crap. But she she goes she's going to pay it anyways. But wait, time to has... dramatically read what happens next. Okay, here it goes. Suddenly, the door slammed open. Shalon jumped and was surprised to see Yalb standing there, holding his cap in his hands, nervous. He rushed to her chair, going down on one knee. She was too stunned to say anything. Why was he so worried? Brightness, he said, bowing his head. My master bids you return. He's reconsidered his offer. Truly, we can take the price you offered. Shalon opened her mouth, but found herself stupefied. Yalb glanced at the merchant. Brightness, do not buy from this man. He's a liar and a cheat. My master will sell you much finer books at a better price. Now, what is this? Artmern said, standing. How dare you? Who is your master? Barmest, Yalb said defensively. That rat! He sent a boy into my shop trying to steal my customers? Outrageous! She came to our shop first, Yalb said. Shalon finally recovered her wits. Stormfather, he's quite the actor. You had your chance, she said to Yalb. Run along and tell your master that I refuse to be swindled. I will visit every bookshop in the city if that is what it takes to find someone reasonable. Artmern isn't reasonable, Yalb said, spinning to the side. The merchant's eyes opened wide with rage. We shall see, Shalon said. Brightness, Artmern said, red-faced. Surely you don't believe these allegations. And how much were you going to charge her, Yalb asked. Ten emerald bromes, Shalon said. For those seven books. Yalb laughed. And you didn't stand up and walk right out. You practically had my master's ear and he offered you a better deal than that. Please, Brightness, return with me. We're ready to... Ten was just an opening figure, Armorn said. I didn't expect her to take them. He looked at Shalon. Of course. Eight. Yalb laughed again. I'm sure we have those same books, Brightness. I'll bet my master gives them for two. Artmern grew even more red-faced, muttering, Brightness, surely you wouldn't patronize someone so crass as to send a servant into someone else's shop to steal his customers? Perhaps I would, Shalon said. At least he didn't insult my intelligence. Artmern's wife glared at her husband, and the man grew even more red in the face. Two emerald, three sapphire. That is as low as I can go. If you want cheaper than that, then buy from that scoundrel barmest. The books will probably be missing pages, though. Shalon hesitated, glancing at Yalb. He was caught up in his role, bowing and scraping. She caught his eyes, and he just kind of gave a shrug. I'll do it, she said to Artmern, prompting a groan from Yalb. He slunk away with a curse from Artmern's wife. Shalon rose and counted out the spheres, the emerald brome she retrieved from her safe pouch. It's so, kind of a funny interaction. Yalb is very helpful. Boy, howdy, did I feel like a crazy person. <laughs> If someone walked by and just heard Colin, because most of that was just Colin reading by himself. Absolutely. And if someone walked by and saw that, they definitely would think that Colin was crazy. To be fair, I do do big hands and motions for all these characters. Yes. Artburn, I kept doing the face that you do with your lips. So I, if someone walked by, they'd see me change to a French accent yeah. and move my hands like a Frenchman. And then and then for like narration, it's just Colton. So I, I just go back to being me to read the narration parts and then I become Mark. Yeah. It's fun. Um, I like doing this. Yeah, that was a, a cute little, a fun, I love, I really like Yalb. He's a good person. Yalb is such a good guy in this. Yeah. Um, but they walk out 
uh, with all of her books, she's carrying a big bag and she gives it to Yalb. Yeah. And she asked, how did you know what a fair price for a book was? And Yalb's like, honestly, no idea. It just that I knew he would probably try and like charge more than it's worth. Yeah. And so I went and found his biggest rival and then came back trying to make him lower his price. And she's just like, wow. Is it really that obvious that I was going to be swindled? Yeah. And he was like, well, yeah, a little. In this house, we stand Yalb. We're Yalb stands for life. <laughs> yes, we are. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, it, it's very sweet that he did this. And they just kind of talk about, about you know, how he kind of knew that she was going to be swindled and charged too much. And she just says, you know, thank you. Um, and they start to head back. And... Yep. They make it. They make uh, it well, back. Well, she gives him she gives him uh, the drawing that uh, she made of him earlier and tells him to keep it. And he's just like, "Oh my gosh, that's that's really." Oh sweet. yeah, he loves it. Yeah. Um. And she asks if they're going back to the ship, and she's like, "No, I need to go back to the conclave." And basically, her plan is, uh, she's gonna go back and, uh, just start reading her, the books and try and read them as fast as she can and get all the information in as fast as she can. And that that's basically her plan, which would be a lot of information to inhale really quick. Um, but that's her plan. So she gets back to the uh, the conclave and she tries to go in and she she sees a light on still in Yasna's alcove and she's like, "Can I have the one next to it?" <laughs> <laughs> what a play, Shalon! I just the girl next door is what she's trying to do is <laughs> is get Yasna thinking about her fondly. Yeah, um, and. She so she asked this and uh the like servant is like, uh, do you have a chit of admittance? And she's like, No. And she's like, Well, uh, you have to pay for that. That's two sky marks. And so she's like, Crap. Well, I have no choice. So she pays it anyways. And she she goes up to the alcove and she sees that Yasna's in the other one next door studying. Um, you know, even though it's pretty late at night, she's studying along. And Shalon, you know, sits down at her table and starts to get comfortable and uh, pulls out books and like trying to figure out where she wants to start. And right before she starts reading, uh, Yasna pops around the corner and says, I'm never going to be rid of you, am I? I'm never going to get rid of you, am I? Is how I picture that <laughs> yes. sound. Yes. Um, and Shalon jumps over and she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to disturb you. And she's like, crap, why did I pick a tape? Why did I pick the alcove right next to her? Yeah. Um, though in the end, it kind of works out for her favor. But, um, Yasna's just like, you know, it's fine. And and Shalon's like, I'm really sorry. I really didn't want to disturb you. And she's like, it's okay. I bribed the servants to tell me if you return anyways. Yeah. So, like, I would have found out. She's like, I didn't want to be up- interrupted again. And Shalon keeps trying to apologize. And Yasna's like, no. And she sees the books that Shalon has picked out. And she's like, this is a good selection of books. You did well. And and Shalon says, well, it really wasn't much of a choice. It's just all the servant, all the merchant had. And uh, Yasna's like, well, I assume you're intending to study their contents really quickly and trying to impress me before I leave uh, Carbrenth. And Shalon's like, yeah, basically. And Yasna just, you know, says that's a really that's really clever. Um, She says, I should have put a time restriction on your reapplication. You are very determined. That is good. And I know why you wish so desperately to be my ward. And Shalon's like, crap. Mm -hmm. How do you know? And Yasna says. Your house has many enemies, and your father is reclusive. It will be difficult for you to marry well without a tactically sound alliance. Yep. And Shalon's like, oh, okay, good. Like, she doesn't actually know. And then Yasna asks for her satchel, and she opens it and starts looking through her stuff, which is really invasive, Yasna. Come, Come on, on, Yasna. Um, And she, she notices that Shalon's money pouches are pretty empty, 
which is kind of funny to me. You're broke. Yes. And then she looks through uh, Shalon's pictures. She she studies the one of herself, which can you imagine you're looking at pictures? How awkward that would be. And yeah. there's a one of you. That'd if be I'm really through, uncomfortable. If I'm looking through someone's sketchbook and I see a drawing of me, I'm like, they got a crush. They yeah. for sure got a crush on me. And you know what? It's true in this case. Shalon does have a crush on Yasna. Kind of, yeah. I've, I've determined that it's true in my brain. <laughs> okay. Well, Yasna, Fan theory. Yasna asks, why have you made these sketches? And Shalon's just like, well, because I wanted to. Um, and then Yasna says, I have rooms in the conclave granted to me by the king. Gather your things and go there. You look exhausted. And then she says, at first meeting, I took you for a rural opportunist, seeking only to ride my name to greater wealth. And Shalon's like, wait a minute, you've changed your mind? And Yasna says, no, there's undoubtedly some of that in you. But we are each many different people, and you can tell much about a person by what they carry with them. Yep. If that notebook is any indication, you pursue scholarship in your free time for its own sake. That is encouraging. It is, perhaps, the best argument you can make on your own behalf. And she says, if I, could not, if I cannot be rid of you, then I might as well make use of you. Go and sleep. Tomorrow we begin early, and you will divide your time between your education and helping me with my studies. And Yasna leaves, and basically Shalon's like, oh my gosh, I did it. She actually did it. She got Yasna to agree to let her be her ward, which is wild. Yeah. And so that's the chapter of the ending. Yeah. So that's cool. Theory time. What happens next? Um, So I think... Shalon obviously wakes up next morning and she starts feeling like P. Diddy. She starts helping Yasna. (laughs) um, She, you know, learns a bunch of things. Yasna teaches her and then she learns. (laughs) (laughs) She, so she helps Yasna out. um, And as she's doing it, she starts to, okay, I'm getting there. Okay. She starts to um, learn where, like, I guess she's helping her out, so she eventually will start learning where she keeps her soul caster and when she wears it and when she doesn't or whatever. Right. And she's going to eventually, I think... Make the swap. Yes. she. I do think it will eventually get to that point. Um, I do think, however, I think Yasna's going to find out. Oh. Like, I think it'll get to the point where she can make the swap, but I think Yasna's either going to catch her yeah. or... She's going to decide that there's a better way to do something. I think something's going to happen where she either decides, like, okay, this is wrong. I shouldn't do this. Or mm. Yasna catches her. Okay. That's what I think. All righty. Well, that's good theories. Now it's my turn uh, on to chapter nine. But before chapter nine, there's another little Shalon sketchbook here about the Chulls. The Chulls are adorable. I want a Chull. Big old, ma- big old mega crab. Can I'm we gonna... please have Chulls in real life? I'm sorry, I, no. I would love to ride a Chull. Yeah, Just Chulls, saying. they look cool. Um, I'm going to read what Shalon has to say about Charles. Charles are everywhere, of course, and they Charles uh, are everywhere, of course, and they come in a variety of shapes and sizes. There must be far more breeds of the animal than I'd originally assumed. I've seen them pulling carts, towing boxes, carrying jugs of water in racks on their sides. I even saw a man riding one for transportation, though it seemed that walking would be faster. The shells aren't nearly as heavy as they look. In the wild, plants grow on the crevices, uh, and a sleeping chaw looks like a big old boulder. Apparently, the beasts aren't hurt if the shell is cracked or even shaped. Some people stand flat places atop to ride, and many carts are hooked to fittings drilled directly into the shell. Mo- uh, many of the drivers here on the coast direct the animals by tapping on their antenna with a long rod rather than sit- uh, rather than using a complex leather bridle like the workers on my father's estates. So that's what shells are. Big yeah. old big old rock 
uh, crab things. They're really cool looking. They I are really very wish cool. Chulls were real. And they're slow, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and now we get in chapter nine, Damnation. Uh, and the, the death rattle says, 10 people with sharp blades of light standing before a wall of black, white, and red. Collected on Yashtavez. 11.73, 12 seconds pre-death. Subject, so- one, uh, one of our own artists overheard during his last moments. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it because you, you took it away from me earlier. So I, I had just, to do it. I was so offended for like a flash. There was like a flash where I was going to like scream because I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it had to happen. You stole yeah. mine from me earlier. So I had to cut in and really interrupt you. Okay, guys, <laughs> this is a very short chapter and it's about Kaladin and he's sad. And he's thinking about he's been at Bridge 4 for a long time now several days uh probably probably several weeks actually and he says i'm like the only guy that's still alive from that run that my first run yeah there's him and one other person and most of the people have been replaced more than once yes like there are people who are four four deaths down now replacements um and he's having trouble finding the desire to fight yes uh for whatever reason bridge four seems to have the highest death toll yeah and uh, Syl is very worried about him. She has a whole conversation they have where Syl's just like, Kaladin, are you okay? Like, I don't like seeing you like this. And then, once again, a time skips forward a little bit, and Syl says to him, I hate seeing you like this, Syl says, buzzing. Um, and instead of replying, in her in his head, Kaladin is just wallowing to himself some more. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't reply or say anything. He just is in his head about how uh, everything doesn't matter. Also, he thinks about a little bit why they're attacking, and they says that there's the, the big boulders they attack, the chrysalises they attack, have like gems inside of them. And that seems to be why they're fighting. They find big boulders with rocks and they ball with gems and they all rush them. Can I read this little section? Of, yeah. Like this is a voice inside of him that he's like wondering why like the armies are actually like don't work harder to defend the bridges. And his, his thought says, there's something wrong here. You're missing part of the puzzle. They waste resources and bridgemen lives. They don't seem to care about pushing inward and assaulting the Parshendi. They just fight pitched battles on plateaus, then come back to the camps and celebrate. Why? Why? That's theory bait. Definitely theory bait, yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, what they're fighting at is chrysalises, like chrys- giant chrysalises that have gems in the inside. Yeah. So that it's not like they're trying to take land like you thought last time. Yeah. It seems to be wherever these suckers pop up, they go to fight. Um, And then... uh, Well, is it the... Are the Parshendi the... Wait... Because I had said originally I thought the Parshendi were trying to take land. Yeah. Is it the Alethi that are trying to... Wait, because you said... It who, seems who, 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 who is just popping up and fighting? Is it... Chrysalises. So they, on a plateau, uh-huh. a chrysalis appears, and both armies rush it to fight, try and get that first. Oh. So it's not like they're okay. taking land. They're rushing to the middle of, like, shared land, essentially. Oh, okay, I understand now. Um, And they are essentially, like... uh, He thinks about, like, the way it's set up is... If the bridgemen don't charge the plateau, they will be killed. So the message that they're sending is charge it and you might live, refuse and you will die. Yeah. So the idea is they have no choice. They must run it or else they will die. There's also the chance that there's been rumors that bridgemen, if you live like a certain through a certain number of of bridge runs, that you will be released. They obviously don't know if that's true. Could just be rumor. But there's supposedly been a few people who have survived that. So it kind of like gives them hope quote-unquote, yeah. to, you know. And then a new batch of 10 smuggler people get brought to the camp. Callan looks at them, finds one person who he's like, that looks like Tien. We don't know who that is, but... We see stupid Gaz again. Yeah, Gaz. We also meet a, a dude named Lavish, who's a soldier who takes him, the takes the slaves over to be put into bridge crews. One also of the people, a Bahal. One of the people, yes. One of the people there looks like a guy that Callan seems to care about named Tien. 
We don't really know who Tien is. We but find out who Tien is in this chapter. Oh, yeah. But he looks at Tien and doesn't actually like say anything about it. But he's like, he's like, thinks for a moment, like he almost runs to him kind of like he's yeah. Tien. And then on the next bridge run, Tien dies and Kaladin sees it. Well, Tien look like. The Tien look like yeah. guys. So literally Kaladin sees a guy, makes reminds him of who we d- discover is his younger brother. Yep. And then on the next run, that guy dies. And it just once again beats into Kaladin how terrible this whole life is you also forgot something important i'm about to don't worry okay uh also sill dips that breaks my heart i am heartbroken if still doesn't come back colin we're not finishing this book yeah i am rioting against brandon satterson if still doesn't come back it goes like this i'm not gonna do dramatic but i'm just gonna read it kaladin still said landing on the log i'm going to leave he blinked in shock still leave but she was the last thing that he that he had no he whispered it came out a croak i'll try to come back but I don't know what will happen when I'm when I leave you. Things are strange. I have odd memories. No, most of them aren't even memories. Instincts. One of those tell me if I leave you, I might lose myself. Then don't go, Kaladin says. I have to go. I can't watch this anymore. I'll try to return. Goodbye. And then she dips and there's no more still. I am Woo! so upset. Yeah. So Kaladin has essentially this whole thing is this whole chapter is just beating Kaladin into the ground. This whole I feel chapter so is bad for it's just beating out every hit of life. Um, and there's even the, right before it ends. I'm going to actually read the last two little sentences before it ends. And then that's the end of my chapter. Okay. I can't keep going like this. He thought I'm dead inside. As, sur- as sure as if I'd taken a spear through the neck, the storm continued its tirade. And for the first time in a year, Kaladin found himself crying. Does yours say a year? Mine the- says over eight months. Oh, well, mine says a year. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. It says for the first time in over eight months. No, mine says a year. Mine says over eight months. Okay, do you know what I bet happened? I bet after the first edition got published, somebody commented and said, like, actually, you mentioned crying 16 months, or you mentioned crying 12 months ago. And so he had to change it to make it not. <laughs> I just think that's funny. That's crazy. I didn't know. I, you said year, and I was like, that says over eight months. That's honestly, my bet is, my bet is genuinely somebody was like actually you mentioned him crying nine months ago and he's like whatever over eight months and that makes me laugh because mine's like a first mine's like a really early edition of this book yeah this or is funny. a relatively early edition of this book yeah and so that's the end of my chapter uh hey case sydney yeah hop into yours chapter well, 10 can we do theories real quick oh right still okay real quick theory about so yeah still's gonna come back and uh-huh. if she doesn't i swear to you i will riot well what's calling about be very do? upset i think hold on I'm getting there. I want to theorize about Syl first. Okay. I still stand with what I said before about she's like the soul her of a being guy. like a soul of someone else. Yeah. Like, and yeah. she's been watching Kaladin. And I stand with that even more just because of what she said about like yeah. um, having these weird like memory thoughts. Yeah. So I still stand with that. Um, I think Kaladin, I think part actually with Syl leaving, I kind of think that Kaladin's somehow going to find a way to escape mm. and like try and go after Syl. Okay. Or he's going to go and try and like kill himself in the honor chasm and okay. Syl's going to come back and like save him. How would she save him? Convince him not to? I don't know. Oh, that's fair, I guess. I thought you were like lift him out of there. <laughs> no. Like a kitty from the scope I just, of his I neck. I feel like somehow Syl's going to be involved with Kaladin getting out of everything. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right, now it's time for your chapter, okay, chapter 10. Time. Yeah, so my, my chapter is uh, stories of surgeons and there's no death rattle on this one, but it is nine years ago. Hey, why do you think that is? Um, because it was nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. The nine years ago is a death rattle. Instead. Yeah, fair enough. Um, anyways, so 
Cal, which is Kaladin, he he went baby Kaladin, he baby Kaladin. He went by Cal back then. He didn't like the name Kaladin, um, yep. which is funny because he he now goes by Kaladin. But he he thought when he was younger, Kaladin sounded like a light eyes name, so he didn't like that because he's a dark eye. And so he he uh, starts off by he he stumbles into the surgery room, and he goes, "I'm sorry, father." And his father, Liren, yep, uh, like is tightening the strap around the arm of a young woman who's like knocked out on the operating table. Yep, and he's like, "We," he says, "We will discuss your tardiness later. Close the door." And so we find out that his father is about to do surgery on. On this girl who like destroyed the crap out of her her free hand. Yep. Which is not great for her. Isn't her safe hand uncovered and he like has a moment of like <gasps> about it? Yeah, her safe hand's uncovered and he looks at it, but he he thinks about the fact that a lot of the other boys his age would be like, oh my gosh, about it. But he just kind of ignores it. Well, like he rec- he recognizes it, but do- he doesn't like think anything of it other than like, oh, you know, it's free. How other people would like yeah. think it's like a trap. He thinks or of it as as like. A doctor would analytical, yes. not yes. not not in like a sexual yeah, kind of way. It's analytical. This is a part of the body that we have to, uh, to assess, which is cool for such a young kid to have that kind of a mindset. It's cool. Yes. Also, um, by the way, this explains why he was able to identify his illnesses so easy. Yes, I his father to, was a surgeon. I had to theorize about that. I don't remember if you, that's what your guess was or not. I think I just, I think I said something about his. I oh, figured his field, father. You said was field probably, medic. You said field medic. You thought he might have been a field medic in the army. Oh, I, I just, I just, yeah. I think I just said something about his. I assumed his father was like a, a medic of some kind. Yeah, which was right. It wasn't ish, wrong. Ish. Well, he's still a medic, regardless yeah. of what he, where he, what capacity. I thought he was going to be in. Absolutely. Um, but uh, so the girl, the girl's name is uh Sani. We're not going to rank her. Just saying doesn't for talk. later because she doesn't talk. Yeah. She's unconscious. Uh, he. Cal missed her, his father putting, making her unconscious, uh, yeah. which his father is not thrilled about. But um, he, Cal looks looks at her, looks at Sonny, and looks at her arm, her hand, and he's like, she'll be all right. And he, he tells himself this, and he says, yeah. a surgeon needs to be calm. Worry just wastes time. That's what his father always taught him. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there looking at her, and his father says, hands. And that means that Cal needs to go and wash his hands. And he's kind of like, why do I have to do this? And honestly, why is he questioning it? Why would you not wash your hands before you do surgery? If you didn't know about germs, why would you? If you didn't know about germs, why would you bother? I guess that's true. And I didn't so, think about. I was thinking. About, I guess I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, I was thinking about it in like our t- terms. We, we we would wash your hands. You have yeah. to wash your hands. And he says, and his dad's advice when he asks why, his dad's like, "Well, we know rot spend and death spread don't like water, which is kind of their and uh, like analog analogous thing and analogous I don't know thing for germs the rot spin and death yeah. spin so his father also says that it's wisdom of the heralds and we Cal's know who they like, are the heralds were wise beyond our understand or no sorry um his father says the heralds were wise beyond our understanding and Cal says but they're demons father I heard it off that ardent who came teaching last spring and Liren's like no that's the radiance he spoke of he says the heralds were sent to teach mankind they led us against the void bringers after we were cast from heaven the Radiance were the orders of knights they founded. Yes. Who betrayed the so, betrayed them. So the Heralds Good. guidance of people yes. who left. The Radiance, people who followed the Heralds and then were betrayed mankind. Yes. Yes. Basically. Um Cal gets this mixed up a lot, and I probably will too. So I relate to you, Cal. Yeah, no, no, no I'll keep I'll be Lyra. I've read this book four times. I'll I'll correct you. That's true. <laughs> um but so they start uh Cal washes his hands, you know. Good job, he Cal. He, wash, he washes his hands. Uh, he knows the the wound on, on Sonny's hand isn't life-threatening, 
But he also knows that they're going to have to cut off one of her fingers, which people are not going to be thrilled about. Yeah. Because they basically think, having a surgeon around, they think he should be able to fix everything. Miracle work. And so the fact that she's going to lose a finger is not great. Not ideal. But she, she'll she be fine. She'll be able to use the hand eventually. You know, she'll get used to having less finger. She will survive. She's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, And... It's also impressive that Cal actually knows the third finger is going to have to go. Like, yep. his father doesn't tell him that. He knows it. Um, his father, like, so basically Cal's job here is just kind of, like, hand his father the tools, and his father does the actual work. Yeah. Um, so his father does the the actual amputation. Well, because um, Cal is 10 here, yes. so him doing it would yes. be. And uh, his father has had uh, training for over 10 years. Yep. Um, so he he knows what he's doing. He, he knows it well. Um, Cal's just there to help and clean up. Like clean up the blood, you know, clean up the the tools he's using, hand his father tools, things like that. So he's just kind of a little like assistant. Yep. And uh, when his father uh, finally finishes, like I said, the, uh, Cal knows that the people aren't going to be thrilled that they weren't able to save the finger, but he does know that uh, Sonny's parents are good people and that they will make a donation. And we actually learn that Cal's father does all the surgeries for free. Refuses to, t- refuses to take. He only accepts donations if they're willing to donate. Well, he doesn't ask for it. He's talked about this before, Kaladin has. He His father would say that there are two types of people, right? You, you know this. Yes, he, he yes, talked, talks about yeah. it in this chapter, actually, I think. Those who take lives and those who save lives. And that he basically, Kaladin, his, Kaladin's father's whole thing is, those who take lives are bad, those who save lives are good. I'm those who save lives, so I'm not going to charge money for it. Yes. And uh, Kaladin, his, Kaladin's mindset, modern Kaladin, not this Kaladin, has the mindset of, what about those who take lives in order to save lives? Yes. Well, Cal actually says that in this chapter, too. Oh, it does? Okay, Yes, cool. because um, right after uh, the, uh, Cal thinks about the fact that his Sonny's parents will likely donate so that, that Cal and his family can continue to eat, um... He thinks about the fact that Cal tells his father that he really wants to be a soldier, and uh, Cal, yeah, he does. Yes, and we all, we also learn here that uh, his younger brother is named Tian. There's Tian. So yep, that's that's, that's who we're about. Rip Tian. Um, we know his younger brother. R.I.P. in peace. Which I assume also, I think also the rest of his family is dead too. I think it's just Cal that survived whatever happened. That's your theory. That's my theory. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, Rest but, in R.I.P. Yes. Um, but. Uh, Cal tells his father that he really wants to be a soldier, and they have that whole conversation about, like you said, about yeah. what his father believes, and basically that he believes that there's... Cal's like, well, they're attacking us. Like, I should, you know, attack their back to save us. Like, that's a good thing, right? To, like, fight yeah. to protect people. And Kaladin's father is like, no. And also Kaladin's father like, no one's attacking. No yes. one's attack. There's a whole thing about this where it's funny to me because it's genuinely, like... uh feels like real life where people are like we're in danger and if you ask like from who they'll just say a say a country that's not us yeah and it's like okay i guess it, ma- it makes me laugh because it, yeah it's kaladin has heard from the angry 13 year old boys that were in danger yeah and kaladin took that to heart as a 10 year old yes um but basically the end of this end of this section is just them talking about basically his father saying that no you don't you're not going to be a soldier and he says he says you have a gift from the heralds themselves. You could be ten times the surgeon I am. Don't dream the small dreams of other men. Our grandfathers bought and worked us to the second non so that we could have full citizenship and the right of travel. Don't waste that on killing. And also, we learned that the second non are allowed to travel. Yep. So I assume the first non are also allowed to yeah. travel. Yeah, so they're pretty. They're actually fairly. High, they were fairly high-ranking light eyes, yes. dark eyes. Um, Question. Sydney. Yeah, that's where that's where the chapter ends. Yeah. It's the end of our reading. Three time. Yeah. Uh, how did this Cal Cal become the Caledon we know today? Well, he I hasn't think, cried in over eight months. Yes. So I think that 
um, obviously something happened where his brother and I assume the rest of his family died. Yep. Um, they, I actually wonder if maybe they got attacked and by the Thalens. By whoever. <laughs> they got attacked by somebody, and that's why Kaladin joined the army. Because he obviously wanted, we know he wanted to be in the right. army, and his father was like, no. And so my guess is, they got attacked, his family died, and so his reaction was, I'm going to go fight now, because my family was killed by these people. I want to go and fight and protect other people. Got it. And so that's how he became the protector that he was, and where he is now. Good theory. Yeah, All thank right. you. I guess, guys, now it's time to rank the characters. Woo! Okay, so officially we have changed the way again slightly. We're not. We're trying out. We're investigating what it would be like to instead of ranking characters live on audio, rank them off audio, and then just discuss our decisions on the recording. Yes, uh, listeners, you let us know what you think. If you have any objections to this, let us know. Uh, we think we were just thinking that the ranking on character camera is just kind of played. Doing yeah. it, doing it off is it, better for discussion. It, yeah, it takes. It takes a little while, and yes, I think it'll be better actually to discuss more while we like why we put the characters where we put them. I think will be good, like yes. for discussion purposes. So it'll be easier for you guys to listen to, not us just going, yeah. uh huh, yeah, yes, uh-huh. absolutely, exactly, <laughs> which is basically what we do now. So this week, I'm going to read everybody we saw, and then we'll talk about the order we decided to put them in. Okay. This week we saw Shalon, Yasna, Capsol, Yalb, and Artmern, Kaladin, Sil, Gaz, and Larish, and Lirin. And by the way, Larish was the guard who was selling, who was giving more slaves away. Yes, yes. So barely a person, but he did talk and he was named, so he yes. counts. Um, um, cool. You want to read our, our actual ranking? Yes. So I will read our ranking. So uh, we start with Shalon, Yalb, Kaladin, Capsule, Sil, Yasna, Liren, Art, Artmiron, and Larish and Gaz are the Wish You Were Dead tier. And then um, let's just talk about why we put those people yes. there. So Shalon, obviously... Is she baller. She wasn't our top before. Kaladin was our top, but Kaladin in this section is whiny crybaby. Yes, I mean and he has the worst setup in I, life. I 100 agree with that. He kind of yes, I get why he's he's I, acting like that. But um, I have empathy, but I don't like reading the whiny crybaby. Yes, uh, but I think I really like Shalon. She's yeah. so she's so fun. To like I really like doing dramatic readings for her because yep. she's so fun. And Yalb. Clever, helped her get good books. Very loyal, sweet guy, yes. Just a sweet, sweetheart. I mean, he did stay and wait for her, yep. which he didn't have to. She wasn't expecting that, and so yep. that's a really sweet thing he did. And then Khaled, we've discussed. Why you cry, baby? But we like him a lot still. Yes. Capsule, romantic interest, maybe. Uh, that cool, would be wild. Funny jig man. I like him. I we there are no romantic interests in this book yet. I need some of those. So Don't I'm worry. gonna start They're shipping. Coming. They're coming. I well right now, because we have none, I'm gonna ship Shalon and Capsule. Got it. Uh, <laughs> she did think he was handsome. Yeah. Sill dipped. So she She got, got lowered. lowered. She's still yeah. in there. Uh Yasna is cool, powerful, hot smart lady. We like yeah, her. But she's also kind of a jerk. And then Liren and Artmern are at the you know the stage that we talked about last time of like I only kind of know you. Yeah. That's where they fall in this one. So there's Liren, the bottom of the living here. I think could almost go higher, but he, we don't know him very well. And yeah. also he was kind of a butthole to his son's dreams. He was a little bit. Yeah. He, I mean, he has very strong opinions and he's very uh, unlenient of them. Yes. Larish barely know him, but he still sells slaves. And if you have slaves, you deserve to die. And then Gaz is Gaz. So he's at the bottom. And yeah. now for our top five and bottom five, we actually have quite a bit of changing this week. Yes. Top five goes Shalon. Obvious reasons. Hey, real quick. Yeah. Do we want to read our top five from last week? Our top five, uh, bottom five from last week so that they remember? We can just... Uh, yes, yes, it's a depth. Okay, so our top five, bottom five from last week 
were Kaladin, Shallan, Sil, the Leatherface Man, and then Zeth. And then our bottom five was Tavakov, Bluth, Tag, Hashai, and Gaz. So just as a reminder of what our top five was, I think we'll do that every week. Yeah. We'll just give you a top a reminder of our top five, bottom five from the week before, and then our current top five and bottom five. Just so you guys can see kind of how they changed. Yep. And so Shallan and Kaladin did a little switcheroonie because Shallan was more interesting this week. Kaladin was kind of uh, yes. a little crybaby. Yes. Y'all jumped all the way up to third best character because he wasn't even in the top yeah, five but he's so sweet to shallan this week yes. it makes me so happy yes yasna also hops in because she actually takes She's him cool. yasna's a cool lady yes and then still is just manages to stay on the fringes she yeah. dipped on kaladin in his worst moment which is really a bad not friend move. the way to go yeah bad friend move bottom five quite a bit of changing in the bottom five yeah um the least bad people we've decided this time are Art Mern and Larish. Yeah, because Art Mern is kind talks of... Talks down to Sil. Yes. Not Sil, talks down to Shallan. Yes, so Shallan, yeah. Uh, and then Larish uh, just kind of has slaves. Yeah. Uh, and then Tavlakov is now the third worst character because Bluth and Tag, we felt, weren't really characters. And so as soon as we can dip on them, we dipped on them. Yeah, and Tavlakov is probably going to be dipped on soon too because we haven't seen him in a while. And he's nice. We yeah. actually and he, he kind of liked him. I mean, he's not great because you have slaves. We've been yeah. there, but... He is not the worst character. Hashai bought slaves and was like really rude, didn't like her. And then Gaz is Gaz, so he still Gaz gets to chill at the very bottom. Gaz is definitely by far the worst character. Yes, ma'am. Alrighty, that's everything for the actual episode. Now it's time for some thank yous. So thank you to everybody for listening. We really, really appreciate you being here. Yep. Thank you to, um, I mean, Brandon Sanderson for writing this book. <laughs> uh, well, we also say, what, what are they going to read next week? So, yeah, next week you're going to read, again, you're going to read chapter 11, and then you're going to read the interludes 1, 2, and 3, and then you're going to read chapter 12 and 13. So, 11 through 13, counting those interludes. Um, make sure you have them suckers read, or, I mean, or Cindy will abandon you in your worst moment. Yep. That's the meanest thing that happened this week, was just got abandoned in their worst moment. So, that seems Adios, to be the way it's going to be. Yeah, peace out, she says. Um and we appreciate you for listening, listener. We really, really do. We also appreciate Alesia for letting us use uh, his song Windrunner Remake as the intro and outro of our beautiful program. It's great music. You should check it out. Our beautiful program. I as think, Colin said, with the eye roll and everything. Yes. <laughs> I think that's everything for this week, correct? Um. Yes. All right. I would say so. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Colin Pratt. And I'm Cindy Liley. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.